0: Return to a familiar
1: place. They're on top of the NBA world. they reached the
0: seventh and the are 2022 Stanley Cup
1: Champions. Well, here
0: we are, episode number 163 For Future Considerations. I'm John Rashad, joined by my good friends Manny Pava, Matt Dumichel. Guys, how was your weekend? Good. How was your weekend? Like, are you recovered yet or what? I'm on the mend. I'm I'm getting there. After two and a half weeks, I finally feel like I'm getting back to normal. I'm just the the normal level of Rashad. Ill.
1: Now that's more in the head than anything else, isn't it? So, that one I, I I don't know if they've got a, a pill for that. Pessimistic
2: one, <laughs> one. It has nothing that's to right. do. It's nothing to do with flu like <laughs> symptoms or headaches or fevers. <laughs> you're just always <laughs>
0: pessimistic, right? That's right. An eternal dark cloud over my head.
2: <laughs> what yeah. about you, Maddie? You sound like you're getting sick.
1: Yeah, I'm fighting it off. The kids were trading fevers a couple weeks ago, and so uh, I get the remnants of that. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, everybody's got something going on. Uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to see uh, my Habs beat the
2: Wings last week at Little Caesars Arena. Great, great game. They got outplayed but still won, went to an overtime, went to the shootout. i got to ask you guys, though. Do you guys – Matt, I I already know the answer to this because we've done it. But when you're at a sporting event, are you ever tempted, if you're in the nosebleeds – to find a cheaper seat, like
0: 10 rows from the glass or from the field or what have you? Yes, I have always wanted to do it and nobody I've ever gone with will do it. They are like, we're going to get kicked You're out and we'll get charged. And yeah, no one will ever do it with me.
1: What, what, what do you think is going to happen? They think you're going to get arrested for trying to go to a better seat.
0: (laughs) Some people that I've been with seem to think the only time we ever actually upgraded one time, uh, Jill, my wife and I, we were at a blue Jays game. We were up in the five hundreds and this guy came over a well-dressed guy. And he said, you know what? He goes, my son, couldn't make it to the game. Him and I were going to come together, and he goes, he's a big baseball fan, and he goes, I have seats right behind the dugout in the 100s, and he goes, I feel like people should enjoy them, and he goes, I won't enjoy it by myself, so if you guys want to give me your seats, I'll give you mine, and he sent us down to the 100s right behind uh, the Blue Jays' dugout, and we had fantastic seats for the rest of that game. That's the only time I've ever upgraded, and that was the generosity
2: of a stranger. Ah, And how much did that cost you afterwards? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: you have to meet the guy uh, after the game somewhere. Yeah. A, tab.
0: A, a parking garage. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. I've heard that story before.
0: <laughs> Matt,
2: you and I have done this. So, And I think 90% of the fans that we know have done this, except for John Rashad.
1: Yeah. But you know what, guys? For what it's worth, in most cases, I'll say most cases, I prefer sitting higher than lower at sporting events. Yeah, me too.
2: Yeah. I I totally agree. Not too high. Like, granted, the tickets that I got for the Wings-Habs game in Detroit were very high.
1: Yeah. Um, Like, I'd like to see whatever sphere it is they're using to play (laughs) the game. The ball or the football or the basketball or the puckers. I'd like to be able to tell where that is and not just following bodies. But uh, I'm I'm fine with sitting a little bit higher up.
0: Yeah, for hockey, I like to be about where the camera is. If I could be roughly at the same height that the play-by-play camera is, I'm fine with that. Well, for two periods, I sat way in the rafters, and then the third period,
2: and then overtime in the shootout, which was fantastic, sat three rows from the glass. Nice. And uh, saw we were on the end that Suzuki and Caulfield scored uh, – Scored their shootout goals, which were unbelievable, amazing stuff.
1: Nice, yeah, it was cool. I, I haven't watched an NHL game yet because I'm not giving Rogers a cent, but I don't have to. I just gotta follow Manny's Instagram. <laughs> You're gonna see every Montreal Canadiens shootout goal from the third row. <laughs> uh,
2: but uh, I've been growing this uh, this mustache too, not just to support everyone in November. But because the Philadelphia Eagles hadn't lost yet. But now I got to shave, guys, Uh, after the loss on Monday night. How are you doing? Are you okay? Ah, It's one game,
1: boys. (laughs) Don't worry about
0: it. Yeah, you weren't that worried about it to begin with. You were very chill about this whole thing. It was Matt Matt who said they were going undefeated. Matt, how how are you doing with the
1: loss? (laughs) Well, you know what? I'm glad they lost because that's a terrible NFL team. That's not even an NFL team. (laughs) (laughs) Four turnovers at home on Monday night against the Washington whatevers. Did you even watch the game? No, absolutely not. I, didn't see I only saw two things about it. I saw the score the next morning, but I only saw two things about it, and it was at Pave of the Way complaining about the referees. So I knew it was a fair game. Oh, my God.
2: I think the 72 Dolphins were actually dressed as the referees.
1: I saw Don Shula was out there. I saw Don. He was one of the line judges. How
2: did they blatantly miss the face mask? The guy's got the ball. There's only one place that you should be looking at. On the play, and you miss the face mask, which is forces the fumble. That's unbelievable.
1: You talk I, about I umpires and baseball. good non call. I thought it was a baseball. good non call. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm oh, yeah. sure you did. <laughs> Don't even get me started on roughing the passer. <laughs> <laughs> the Two hand touch. The, lies, the guy's lying on the ground and takes a knee, and your guy comes in three strides and levels him in the head oh, and then complains against a penalty. On, Stop. Oh, yeah. Don't uh, even start. Uh huh. Uh huh.
2: The, the whistle didn't go. He was halfway at him when the whistle went.
1: He was on the ground, knee down, st- about to stand up to give the referee no, the he ball. He was. It was 1 1000, <laughs> 1000, made a sandwich, made a couple of collect calls, bam, square in the head. That guy should be tossed from the league. Sure. This
2: coming from the guy who didn't even watch the game. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're off to a great start this week. Hey, big thanks to everyone who listened last week into uh, our debate. It was a lot of fun. always appreciate the feedback. Our good friend Dave Carr sending us some good emails, too, last week as well. I appreciate that.
1: Wicked. Remember, of course, to rate us on your favorite podcast platform. You Go on the iTunes or the Spotify or wherever you're listening to these podcasts and give us a rating review there as well. Let your friends know about the podcast, too. You don't want to be the guy that's standing there at work and be like, oh, my gosh, did you hear that hilarious? thing that john said and everybody's like no no i didn't no <laughs> john who <laughs> is, that john, <laughs> uh, G- is that a j-o-n is that a, a, uh, listen up join the debate get your friends in on it too listen we're all just sitting around drinking talking sports exactly. you do the same damn thing why don't you join the table come on
0: that's right, we have plenty to debate this week, including some more fantastic listener questions, so let's get right to it. Di Maria, oh what a go, what a strike, Argentina level, it's Angel Di Maria
1: with the sweetest of strikes.
0: Don't you just love English football commentators? You'll hear plenty of them over the next month as the World Cup begins this weekend. Since we live in Canada, we received a few emails from Justin, Eddie, Julie, and Zach, all asking the same question. How do you think Canada will do in the tournament?
2: By the way, I love the English commentators. English football commentators are
1: the best. Maybe some of the best adjectives and vocabulary worldwide. Yeah, and, and even the Spanish guys are pretty good too. When they
2: just yell out "goal" for thirteen seconds yeah. without taking a breath, right? Oh yeah, that's right. that's good lung capacity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a question again. Okay, the question: Canada. How will Canada do? Okay, they're in a tough group, guys. In fact, um, I'm saying they don't get out of the group. I know that's going to be disappointing for a lot of Canadians. Um, but this isn't like the women's team that's going to if you expect them to make it to the semifinals and the finals, you know, you got another thing coming. First of all, the men's game is so competitive. And Canada's in a group with Belgium and Croatia, two powerhouse nations, and the third team in the group is Morocco which has better odds than Canada to win in the tournament for the Canadians to advance. They're going to need Alfonso Davies to score another one of those epic goals that everybody still retweets from our podcast. again. My boy. Yeah. But they're also going to need some help, you know, an upset win over Belgium or Croatia. They're going to have to hope that Croatia and Belgium tr- tie. So they don't get as many points
0: guys. I, I think this is going to be tough for Canada to advance. Yeah, I think that a lot of fans are going to be disappointed. But I think it's just a first step maybe for um, next time around with Canada hosts. So maybe if we think of this as a stepping stone and um, getting gaining some experience, getting there, feeling a bit of that pressure, stepping onto the field in front of the entire world, and then maybe setting ourselves up for four years from now where we can maybe make a little bit more of an impact.
1: You guys disappoint me.
0: <laughs> you, you really, you really
1: disappoint me. Morocco, stop. Morocco is going to get played like a vuvuzela in this tournament. They're going to get squashed. Although they may not even win a game out of this group. I hope they do get squashed. Look at Croatia. Find me a map, and then find me. No one knows where Croatia oh, is. Come nobody on, nobody knows where Croatia is. Are you kidding me? The other thing they're not going to be able to find is the back of the net. Oh, my God, Matt. And Belgium. I mean, Belgium's good. Belgium's okay. They're Belgium good. Probably, yeah, Belgium will probably win the group. I got Belgium and Canada win, coming out of that and, and moving through Group F. You guys, disappoint me. <laughs> Come on, do Matt. Some, do some homework, John.
0: Croatia. Oh, my God. That's that's a nation. And now uh, looking at all of the uh, countries in the tournament, who are your favorites to win it all? Speaking of homework.
1: Well, I got I got some homework done. I did some great homework today. I dropped a dollar on a pinata pick to get the <laughs> World Cup final matchup. Big spender. And I've got, I've got my guy, Harry Kane, and England Ooh. and the, Span, the Spaniards in the final. England and Spain will be in the final this year. Book it. I don't care who wins. That's the finals for $126. (laughs) Well,
0: I'll tell you, I took a pinata pick uh, two years ago during Euro. I accidentally made the pick for the World Cup instead and got Italy. So I'm screwed. (laughs) They're not even
2: in it. They're not even in it.
1: (laughs) Amazing. That's amazing. You should get your money back for that. I should. They're not even in it. I know. Manny's uh, the 15-U team. You could have gotten that in the in the, the pick. I'd be they're, they're, the- not, they're not in it either. Come on now. <laughs> Coach of the tournament right there. Not fair. <laughs> Listen, I,
2: I do like the Spain pick um, because I don't think a lot of people are talking about the Spanish team, and they're really good. Everybody talking about France to repeat again. I don't think they repeat again. I think Brazil is – Front and center, the best – has one of the best national teams in the world, and I expect them to do a lot of damage. Uh, I think Messi's final tournament, uh, Argentina will make some noise in this tournament, I think, too. I think if you're looking for a dark horse like Spain, I like the Dutch. I think the Dutch are playing some of the best football we've seen in years. And uh, I know I'm Portuguese – but I think Ronaldo, after all this chaos with Piers Morgan and his his anger towards Manchester United, now, now he's got some pressure on him to perform, and I think he will perform to show Man United that, hey, this is what you're missing out. I think he'll push Portugal into the final round of 16, but I don't think they go any further.
0: But uh, you'll be up watching all the games wearing that jersey, of course. Of course, I've even got time
2: booked off, so oh, I can just, I can wow. just grab some beer and watch some football, European football, in front of the telly, and listen to the English commentators. So when do these games start Eastern Time? Well, I know Portugal plays November twenty fourth. Their first game is eleven a.m. Canada plays their first game Wednesday, November twenty third. That's a two p.m. start, and there are other two games against your favorite Croatia. Is an eleven a.m. game on Sunday, and then they play Morocco at ten a.m. on December first.
0: Okay, so, so it's not
2: unreasonable, no. So
0: Still
2: a lot of Canadians, watch, but... But a lot of Canadians, may be taking some time off to watch some of those games,
1: except for Matt because he's not going to watch. Yeah, I uh I'm I'm good guys. Let me know how it goes in a couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: grant Far side of the field looking That's for up. a little bit of room, he's got it, stays on his feet, and take it down to midfield. That's And now let's talk about the other kind of football. Janarian Grant and his Winnipeg Blue Bombers are running to the Grey Cup for the third consecutive year where they will face the Toronto Argonauts. Chris and Guelph wants to know if we're picking his Argos. No. No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no. I've been riding the Blue Bombers this whole time. And they're going to the Grey Cup. They have a chance to do something that's difficult to do in all of professional sports, and that's when a third consecutive championship. And they're favored. Yeah, I think they're uh, four and a half points last time I checked. Okay, that's good. I'm just looking it up right now to see if I can get the line, and I can't find it. They won 15 out of 18 games in the regular season. Toronto, yes, they had a good season, 11 and 7. I just don't see
0: Winnipeg losing
2: this game in Saskatchewan.
0: No, Caleros is just too good. That team is just too good. They're unstoppable, and I, I just don't see anyone beating them. They're the class of the league. And no I just
2: I just found out this week that Zach Caleros is good friends with Jason Kelsey of the Philadelphia Eagles. So, heck, let's go Bombers, baby. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> you guys disappoint me. Oh, of course. <laughs> Ryan Dinwiddle is going to have that team running through a wall. Pinball Clemens is going to come down and bring it back old school to whoever this guy is, Janarian Grant. <laughs> I got I got Argos 31-28 on a field goal at the end of the game because the field goal kickers have feelings too. <laughs>
2: the
1: the Grey Cup is always close, right? Yes. It's always close, and it's never really that high scoring. Is that right, John?
0: Yeah, that's right. It's always a little lower scoring than you think it's going to be. And yeah, you're right. It's always a tight game. Often comes down to the end of the fourth quarter. That's why I love that game. Thirty-one halftime show? Treble Charger? Uh, it's actually three <laughs> Canadian country artists who are kind of on the rise. I thought the one guy from Florida Georgia Line is doing Yes, that. actually, yes. He's in there, and then I think it's two Canadian guys, I believe. Jill had to explain to me who these people were, because I don't know country that well. So, my question is, why does half of Florida Georgia Line perform? Yeah, like, that doesn't they, make any sense.
2: Are they in a beef? Like, <laughs> which which line is it? <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if it's the Florida Line or the is Georgia the Line.
1: F- I mean, the Florida line's got—he's got a whole heck of a, pro, a lot of problems going on right now. <laughs> so maybe he did have a, a previous commitment, but uh, I have to figure out which one it is.
2: Tyler Hubbard, right? Is that the, guy, the guy's name from Florida
0: Georgia Line? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to look. You're aware. the you're the music guy. John. I know. I, I don't on. know country yeah, very well. My wife knows country. I gotta get her down
2: here. <laughs> yeah Tyler Tyler Hubbard he's from Georgia, so the Georgia line. okay, okay so yeah, be yeah, at the, the Florida guy's busy
1: so they get the Georgia line all right yeah. right. Are
2: they in a fight? like why don't they both perform? I don't get it. Yeah that's a good yeah I, so,
1: I, th- I think that's the only thing that that you can assume. I think one of them probably slept with the other one's wife <laughs> 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 or like r- stole their car and ran over their dog. drank their last keg of beer. (laughs) Maybe all three of those
0: things.
1: (laughs) It has to be. There's, There's truly no other option.
0: Country fans, I apologize for Matt, or on Matt, Matt's behalf. <laughs> <laughs> He's not apologetic.
1: Why should you be apologizing? Yeah. The one guy was like, hey, you want to come over and have a little chicken fried, a little cold beer on a Friday night? And then the other guy just started calling other- him a home wrecker, and, and that was the end of that. Yeah.
2: The guy said, no, I'm going to
0: stay home and drink out of my red Solo cup. Yeah. 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 All right, I think we've exhausted all of the country (laughs) lyrics we know. (laughs) Who
1: was that guy that we played like six times on on Pump It or Dump It this year? Oh, uh on so him to do it. Sam, he's is still at it- Applebee's, though, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't get somebody to cover. Maybe the Florida guy's covering his shift.
2: Well, it fits with the CFL, right? Don't those guys work at a restaurant part time?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh.
1: Wendy's is the official sponsor and employer of the Toronto <laughs> Argonauts.
0: Uh, all right, moving on now to the NFL. <laughs> Uh, Justin Jefferson and the Minnesota Vikings traveled to Buffalo, beat the Bills in overtime, and the previously unbeaten Philadelphia Eagles, Manny's team, lost, as we mentioned, to the Washington Commanders. Both the Vikings and the Eagles are now 8-1. and one. Who's the better team in the NFC, or is there another team that's better than either of them? Come on, the Eagles are
2: still the best team. Let's slow our roll here. They still had a shot, if not for the referees, screwing them out of their game. And they didn't play their best. Let's be honest. They committed four turnovers. They made mistakes. It cost them the game. I still have a lot of confidence. And the Eagles did beat the Vikings head-to-head, so they hold the head-to-head tiebreaker. If you're looking at another team, i got to say that the San Francisco 49ers, with the addition of Christian McCaffrey, they're still uh, a very, very good team that people
1: should be paying attention to in the nfc yeah and you look at what minnesota's schedule is the rest of the way here they are playing home to dallas home to the patriots home to the jets against the lions in detroit against the colts at home home to the giants in green bay and then home to chicago i mean there there might be three losses in there maybe um, that uh, that team has been, I think, the surprise of the league, and, and for for good reason. Kirk Cousins is come alive all of a sudden in his sixth resurrection as an attempted uh, starting quarterback in the NFL. Uh, they're good. I, I think the uh, the Eagles are better, uh, but uh, the road for the the Vikings here is going to be pretty straight and narrow the rest of the way.
0: And in the AFC, the Bills are no longer in first place in the AFC East. Miami is, and then Kansas City won again. So we had this question from Grant in Tecumseh. Who is the best team in the AFC?
1: Yeah, this one's a no-brainer for me. This is the Buffalo Bills. I mean, uh, this is just a stacked team that has uh, played under or underachieved over the last couple of weeks. Injuries to quarterbacks certainly doesn't help. Uh, They did struggle last week, too, but uh, this team is is loaded for bear, uh, and uh, the team that I would expect is still the favorite in the AFC. I
2: don't know. The Chiefs look pretty good. Uh, I know it's been two weeks in a row that Josh Allen has been throwing picks and throwing picks in the end zone. That's not going to happen every single week. The Bills are going to be just fine. But the Chiefs continue to rule, and I think we're looking at a Chiefs-Bills matchup in the AFC final again. I know everybody's talking about Miami and how they've performed, uh, but I think uh, I don't know if Tua has the it factor yet. Uh, to beat a Patrick Mahomes, to beat a Josh Allen, when it comes to crunch time, when guys who have actually played on the bigger stage. I know Tua did it in college, but college in the NFL is is a different game altogether. So even though everybody's propping up the Dolphins, slow your roll. I think the Chiefs and the Bills are better teams right now.
0: And then we also received this question from Al in Tilbury about the Indianapolis Colts who fired their head coach last week and hired their former offensive lineman Jeff Saturday. And then they won their first game over Las Vegas on Sunday. Al wants to know what we think of the Colts hiring someone with no coaching experience. Matt, you like the Colts. Uh, What is this franchise doing?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I'm a big fan of Chris Ballard, their, their general manager, and, and he's been put in a heck of a spot uh, by the owner, Jim Ursay, who is absolutely insane. But <laughs> if you watch that press conference, that was one of the most baffling press conferences I've ever, ever seen in any sport, uh, watching him talk about uh, the hiring of Jeff Saturday. This is starting to become very common, and not just in the NFL, in sports in general. Um, do I care that they pulled him out of uh, the, the back room and he leapt frog over a bunch of assistant coaches that some have very high resumes and are, are very well liked? No, I don't care, man. I mean, if, if you think this guy is the, the best guy that you can find for, in an interim basis to finish off a lost season, then you take him and you deal with the rest of it afterwards. Would he be my hire? Absolutely not. No, but sometimes, and, and the one thing that Jim urged er- say said that didn't make sense, but he was on the right track, at least, was no experience is not necessarily a bad thing, especially in a bad situation. Jeff Saturday, I don't think, is expecting to be a head coach anytime soon. He's getting his feet wet here, and he's basically getting an internship running an NFL team. Is this going to sit well in the front office in Indianapolis or with some of the other uh, media types or other franchises around the NFL? It's not, and who cares? This is a lost season. Jim Irsay thinks that Jeff Saturday is the character guy that this team has been missing and is the opposite of Frank Wright in that sense. And so, they've pulled the trigger on it. And I mean, if he's no good for eight weeks, then, then you let him go and you go find somebody else.
2: But this this doesn't smell. Doesn't this smell like you're tanking, right? You bring in a guy with no coaching experience and you've struggled to find a quarterback. Like you've gone through three quarterbacks over the last three years, four over the last four four years, right? After Andrew luck suddenly retired. So, isn't this a chance for you to tank and then get the quarterback that you want in a quarterback heavy draft class? Like, and and what does Jeff Saturday do? He leads them to beat the lowly Vegas Raiders in their very first game. <clears throat> what does that say about the Raiders organization? That's a whole mm-hmm. lot of, that's a whole lot of mess there. Sorry, Kiefer. I know you're a Raiders fan, but oh my God, that's awful. That's terrible. You can't lose to a guy who's never coached before. I just think it smells like tanking. And I think the only way that it works is if you're confident enough in the talent of your coordinators that a guy who comes off the street, literally, he was in the ESPN studio on Friday, Saturday and Sunday and then was hired on a Monday with no coaching experience. I think you only make this move if you're confident enough in your coordinators who know the game inside out and your coach is just a pure motivator.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what a lot of head coaches are, are starting to do. They talked about the team uh, and the, the assistant coaches and such that they have, and they're they're very high in a few of those assistant coaches and stuff. Well, let them be coordinators then. Let them do their job and get better at their job in, in a lost season. And maybe at the end of the year, you end up getting a victory because one of these guys is now ready to take that position onward, or they're pissed and then you go find other guys, and those aren't the guys that, that uh, you need to, to have around anyways. I'm not sure Frank Reich was doing a whole heck of a lot to begin with uh, in that, that role. He was the one that was calling plays for the most part, and then they fire their offensive coordinator and have an even worse performance, and then Frank Reich is out the door. Like I, I think they ran out of people to fire. At this point, you're not going to fire the GM in the middle of the season after the trade deadline. It doesn't make any sense. Do I think Chris Ballard is back next year? No, and I would think he's the one that's probably going to try to get out of this because Jim say just basically leapfrog him and, and grab this guy out of nowhere like you said but if Jeff Saturday is going to be a guy that just comes in there and rah-rahs and pats guys on the back and yells and says a couple of nice things and then hands it off to the coordinators, uh, I mean, that's a that's a perfectly fine role of a head coach delegation. It also gives you eight weeks to figure out if this guy can lead a team or not. I think you're going to learn a lot of things about your franchise in the next eight weeks if you're the Indianapolis Colts. And if things go all the way to hell in the handbasket, like you said, hopefully you end up with a franchise quarterback that they've been missing for the last four years. But what's going on there, Matt? You you bench Matt Ryan because you don't
2: want to pay him uh, some bonus or some contract if he plays a certain amount of games or reaches a certain level of passing yards or what have you. So you put in Sam Ellinger, and then because of that move by Frank Reich, who was just following the organizational's rules, he gets canned. Because of it. And then Jeff Saturday comes in and goes, Hey, we need Matt Ryan to play. And Jim Ursay says, Okay, don't you feel bad for Frank Reich? Like, hello, you told me to play the other guy, and then you canned my ass, and then decided to play the guy that I wanted all along.
1: This all begins and ends with Jim Ursay. And that's been the the way that this Colts team has been since. Peyton was there and Tony Dungy and, and everybody else that, that came along with him. This is not Frank Wright's team. This is not Chris Ballard's team. And he's shown very clearly in a few scenarios uh, that when the, the water starts getting hot, Jim Ursay steps in and takes over. And does Jim Ursay have the greatest football mind and decision-making processes uh, that there is out there? Absolutely not. And that's why I think this is a win for Frank Wright. And that's why I suggest I don't think Chris Ballard is is much uh, longer in in this spot either. And That may just be a mutual decision that comes at the end of the year. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I got to be honest. I have goofballs. Unbelievable. My God! Oh, wow.
0: And now it's time for our play of the week. And the winner is from junior hockey. Stonehouse. There to pick up the loose puck. Here's Stonehouse. He scores! Brady Stonehouse with a Michigan! 5 1 Ottawa! Well, you're not going to see too many goals better than this one. Brady Stonehouse of the Ottawa 67s pulls off the Michigan, and that goal won this week's poll with 48% of the votes. Guys, I feel like anytime anyone does the Michigan, it wins automatically our play of the week. Yeah, but everybody's doing it now.
1: It's like, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, I'm bored of it, man. I'm, yeah. getting, I'm getting bored of it right quick. Like, I thought Justin Jefferson's catch was amazing. Yeah. I thought that was a no-brainer. Brady Stonehouse, yeah. though, good Blenheim kid. Keeping oh. it local. Oh, I appreciate oh, you that.
2: Go. You don't always see it in junior hockey, so maybe that's why it won. It, usually we see it in the NHL. Like Trevor Zegres did it last week, but it was called offside.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> that's yeah. right. No, it's happening a lot. The one thing that I'll give Brady on this one, and this, you know, it it, it looks good, but when you watch that play over again, he is all alone. Back right? There. Like <laughs> this wasn't a small space. Pick it up and kind of tuck it while you're getting hit. Like there was nobody <laughs> in sight after he got the puck in the corner and walked right around the net. He did the only the next guy that touched him was the guy that was celebrating with him. Like, there was no defense in that play whatsoever. And not surprisingly, the team he did it against, it, the Niagara Ice Dogs,
2: fired their coach on Ooh. Monday. <laughs> so, yeah. go, go figure. Our play of the week, brought to you by London Awnings,
1: quality that shows. And remember to vote on next week's poll. We will have the options posted for you on Monday. You will get all the details on Podcast FFC on Twitter. Are you?
0: And now it's time for Rapid Fire, and we have some more listener questions to get to. Starting with one we just got on Tuesday about tennis. Scott in London emailed us about Felix Oje Aliassime, who beat Rafael Nadal in the ATP finals on Tuesday and has won some tournaments this year, too. Scott wants to know if Felix is the next Canadian tennis star. Yes. Yes, he is. (laughs) Yeah, that question is for you more so than us, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's the next superstar in Canada, if we have one anyway. Um, he's been fantastic. He's had a solid year. Um, he's overachieved in some tournaments. He's underachieved in others, but he's been a consistent performer all year long. And, um, yeah, he's got the work ethic, and um, he is definitely a player on the rise, in my opinion. So, so is he the best Canadian tennis player so. right now, man, Right now, yes. Yeah, man yeah, or woman,
2: male or female?
0: Yeah, for sure, in my books.
2: Do you have a ranking? Like, if Felix is one, I'm not even going to try to say his last name. <laughs> but if Felix is one, who's number two?
0: Uh, see, I think Bianca's on the rise again. I think she's on her way back. I think she she's not number two right now, but I think she will be um, at the beginning of next season. I think she'll be in great shape, and uh, hopefully we'll have a good year. Who's see the other? Felix needs to do, though.
1: Felix needs to stay away from Instagram.
0: Don't don't have it. Don't go to
1: anything. Don't just post pictures of yourself on the beach or at all kinds of events dressed up. Go away. Just just not uh, unplug the phone and practice. There's two Canadian tennis players that have made big noise in the last, I don't know, 15 years that I've even paid attention to tennis and both of them just turned into Instagram hotties and not even paying attention to their sport anymore. Stay off the Instagram.
2: <laughs> Practice more. You're stealing lines from Sonny Weaver Jr. Stay off. Stay off the tweeter. Stay,
1: stay <laughs> off. The, don't tweet. People hate that. <laughs> Stop it. I don't need to see any rehab pictures of Felix sitting at a pool. All right. That's not. If we're trying to find the next great Canadian tennis player. It ain't in uh, in uh, Atlantis, all right.
2: <laughs> what about what about Chicken Nugget commercials?
0: Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: <laughs> boy's gotta she, get his money. Didn't Eugenie do Chicken Nugget commercials or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. she was like the spokesperson for Pinty's for a while there.
1: There you go. Yeah, yeah boy, hey, boy's got to get his money. Everybody's everybody's got to get paid. But, <laughs> ch- and those chicken, like, that chicken was good.
0: It is good. Yeah, Pixies is good. It is good. <laughs> I watched my good friends, the Sedins, get inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame on Monday night, and we received this question from Carlos in Etobicoke. He wonders who will get inducted into the Hall next year. Ooh,
2: good question.
0: Uh, I don't even know right, who's eligible. Right. i got to look well, this up. Henrik
2: Lundqvist is, yeah. I think, the only first-timer eligible for next year, and he gets
1: in, right? Oh, like, yeah. that's 100%. A,
2: that's a no-brainer, yeah.
1: right? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Sure.
2: He hasn't won a cup, but he's won a Besna, he's won gold, he's won silver. I think his career save percentage is like 918 or yeah. something like that. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, if um, Luongo is in, he's definitely in because he's better than Luongo, I would say. He had a better career overall. So King Henrik goes in. Yeah. And yeah. I,
2: I I, think I've said this before a long time ago in one of our episodes. Like, for Pete's sake, can somebody let Alex McGillney get into the hall? Yes. Like, mm-hmm. like he's got over a thousand points and he didn't play a thousand games. He played 990 games or something like that. Yeah. He's, he's got over mm-hmm. 400 goals. He's got over a thousand points. He, he was one of the first Russians to defect and play in the NHL. He paved the way for so many other Russians. Even just for that, he should be under consideration, let
0: alone what he did on the ice. I hope they put McGill in the end of the Hall. I don't understand that because usually a point a game is almost an automatic for the Hall of Fame. And for the life of me, I can't figure out why he's not in yet.
1: He didn't win any major awards, right? No,
0: true.
1: The the trophy case is a little bit empty. I'm going with Caroline Ouellette, who uh, was on the ballot for the first time this year, but four Olympics, six world championships, um, I think she's she's a shoo-in to get in. And I also think this is going to end up being one of those years where there's somebody who's been around a little bit but not too, too long um, in uh, in getting in there. I, I'd like to see Hendrik Zetterberg get in. Um, I think this, his time has come, and, and maybe you're going to see some of these other guys, and whether that's a uh, you know a Rod Brendamore, um Jeremy Roenick, Keith Kachuk, Sergey Gonchar—like you're, you're going to get into a little more depth, guys, in the in the next class because there isn't really a ton of big names that are coming out this year.
0: Do you think Roenick's a little too toxic, though, after his uh, demise from NBC?
1: Well, I mean, yeah, but. <laughs> he's he's also been one of those that has come out and said that he doesn't care and he wouldn't show up and and all that stuff so
2: I like Caroline Ouellette I think that's a good pull there Um, I, I can't believe it but Jennifer Bottereau this is her ninth year of eligibility and I think she's somebody that should be in the hall as well and I think she's doing a great job on the hockey broadcast too so
0: Speaking of Halls of Fame, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Kurt Schilling are all on the contemporary contemporary era ballot for the Baseball Hall of Fame. Rob and Owen Sound thinks Bonds and Schilling should get in, but not Clemens. What do you guys think?
1: Hmm, I'm interested by that. You give a reason <laughs> in his email. Uh he did l- I'll so let just comparing the let two, Curt Schilling, six-time All-Star, three-time World Series champion. He won the World Series MVP, also won an NLCS MVP. Roger Clemens won an MVP, seven Cy Young Awards, two World Series, 11 All-Stars. He won an MVP of All-Star game, uh, and he's also won three tri- or two Triple Crowns as a pitcher. I mean, between the two, and Curt Schilling's a moron, between the two, <laughs> I think it's a no-brainer that it would be Roger Clemens out of the two and, and Barry Bonds. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. He does uh, forget the asterisk talk. We can have that conversation another time, whatever. Should Barry Bonds be in the hall of fame? Yeah, guys. I mean, you you let him do it. Whatever he did, he did, but you let him do it. So you may as well honor the home run King.
2: Guys, those guys don't go in until Pete Rose goes in, in my opinion. If, if you're going to keep Pete Rose out of the hall, uh, you keep those other guys out of the hall. Yeah, but if Pete is Pete Rose going to go
1: into the hall? He wrote a very nice letter.
2: Yes, he did.
1: <laughs> he, he Do you think. Peel-
2: do you think he actually did it or he had a few other people work on it?
1: <laughs> you know, I, to, to having seen Pete Rose around and do interviews and, and talk about the scenario that, that he was in the, as a player and and all of that, absolutely that is not him writing it. But I do think that uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's got a lot of pleases and thank yous in it. So, I mean, how can you go wrong?
2: Hey, his mother told him to be
0: polite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, if you were a betting man, do you think Pete Rose gets in? Oh, my God. Uh, Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Come on, Rashad. It's rapid fire. Let's go. All right.
0: We also had this question from Laura (laughs) in Toronto and Jason in Windsor. Since free agents are starting to get snapped up in Major League Baseball, they both ask, what position or player is at the top of the shopping list for the Blue Jays and the Tigers? Well,
2: I I think the Blue Jays and the tigers they're both easy for the blue jays it was obvious in the playoffs they definitely need bullpen help yep hello and for the tigers they need offense and almost everywhere all over the diamonds so uh i think you, you if you're detroit you get a bat and if you're toronto you look for somebody for the bullpen if you can find a lefty
1: that'd be even better yep i completely agree I think especially for the Tigers, if you're looking specific positions, they've got to get catchers. They've got to get better catchers in that system uh, until Dirk Diggler Diggler shows up uh, out of the minor leagues, (laughs) but he's been injured. Uh, What uh, what is his actual name? It's Dingler, isn't it? (laughs) Dingler. Yes. Something like that. Yeah. But but he started dealing with injury problems as well in the minor leagues. Dylan. Uh, Dylan Dingler. Dylan Digler, okay. okay. Dirk Diggler is better. <laughs> <laughs> He's. I, I think the Tigers have to find somebody back there, and this is a very similar situation. I think to um, when the Tigers made had their worst season ever in, in two thousand three, and in two thousand four started rebuilding. I think they're going to find one big name guy and overpay to get him in and start building around it. I think Wilson Contreras would be a great pickup. Uh, I know this uh, Murphy kid, the catcher in uh, Oakland, is getting his name thrown around. Tampa Bay is really interested in him. I'd like to see the Tigers kind of go after somebody like that. They got to get a catcher. Uh, I think you you need to start there, and then you can piece together an offense. To be, I mean, realistically, they're not going to get any big names. I'm interested to see what they do with their front office. I think their front office staff has been the win of the year this year. And if it's not on the field next year, then it's the year afterwards.
2: Well, they hired a new hitting coach on Tuesday. So let's hope he can do better than what they did last year because that was
1: awful. Yeah. And oddly enough, he's been a hitting coach before. So you've so you got a guy who has coached hitting before and now he's now he's our coach. And and he's also not the Toledo Mud hitting coach because we don't have friends in any other organizations. It's exciting! It's exciting! I'm loving uh, I'm loving this front office assembly here. Sarcasm at its best. <laughs> don't you know? Pump it up.
0: You got to pump it up And now it's time for Pump It or Dumb It We had a great suggestion from Tony in Hamilton Thank you, Tony uh, He wants us to play songs from this year's World Cup And since four songs have already been released We'll do one each week Here's the first one I can't help for fun, let's get turned up Somebody pass me a Budweiser, cola. I wanna rule the
2: world, I can't hold you Hell of a life, I feel like I'm chosen Head on tight, I feel like I'm focused Ain't never satisfied, I want more. Kobe came and held us, so we back. Look at all the people in here, we got motion. Everybody back outside, it's on the to Whole bunch of real good vibes, it feels so cool. I think it's about that time, it's getting closer. Whole lot of fingers crossed, a lot of hoping. Wishing for the best, preparing for the worst. Too got out here and bust my ass. I had to work too. Some stuff is out of my head, I can't control it. If so I don't know nothing, dog, I know one thing. Everybody wants to move Everybody wants to the
0: world. The song is called The World is Yours to Take. It's the Budweiser Anthem for this year's World Cup by Lil Baby, and it samples Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears. So, fellas, pump it or dump it?
2: Well, Lil Baby is a good friend of the podcast, right? I think <laughs> he, everything He's always he, emailing us. Right? Yep. And everything he touches, we've pumped on this, on this podcast. I don't know about this one, fellas, no. though. Yeah, it's a little bit too slow for me.
0: That's exactly what I thought. Way too slow for a for a World Cup anthem. You want something that gets you pumped up. You want like that. Remember that uh, Ricky Martin song back in the day? It just got you all yeah. pumped up.
2: Right. And Shakira Shakira did one too, like yeah. yeah. I I don't know what the other songs are, Tony, but we'll look them up and
1: we'll get them on, but I think this one's a dump. This one really sounds like Lil Baby recorded a song by himself. And had no idea it was going to be used for this and then they just laid it on top of a music bed like i know john rashad you should be insulted by the mix of this song because he's singing a billion miles an hour and this song is is slow as molasses it there listen to the first verse and then the chorus it doesn't even line up half the time no, it's, no. this is an embarrassment to the music producing <laughs> Generation,
2: I love how he stuck in the word Budweiser in the song, though. So and he drops it
1: in the song, <laughs> and the you second, verse, mentions, the second ver- the verse he mentions pinties. You sell out, so
0: that brings this week's debate to an end. Yeah, we got to yeah, find a better
1: that. song, right, Matt. Yeah, we're, we're kind of getting out of here a little bit, uh, wall, wall, you know what I mean? We need a good sound effect for, for the dump, a uh, flush or something <laughs> like that. John, put in a flush. All yeah. right. <laughs> but remember, you can follow us all week long. The fun never stops on social media. Unless you're your boy uh, there, uh, Rashad, Felix, Auger, Ali Samini, <laughs> 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 who should be staying off the social media. Everybody else <laughs> should be on, following the podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram, and for future considerations on Facebook.
0: John, right say, now, his na- J- say his name again. John Felix Oj Aliassim. Uh, you were close, uh, Matt. Right
1: there, <laughs> right there. I made him. A, I think I made him Italian at the end of that, but. <laughs>
2: John's in a major league ballpark, and uh, Matt's <laughs> broadcasting in single A.
1: <laughs> now coming to the plate, Felix Auger, Alice. Lee. <laughs> <laughs>
0: sound
1: like uh, some, sound like some broadcasters on hockey TV. <laughs> Not, not mentioning any names or leagues.
2: <laughs> hey, we want to thank our sponsors on this episode, London Awnings, quality that shows. And Shane Topolovic, we know his name, and we know how to pronounce it. He's specializing in sports training and nutrition. If you're interested, go see Shane at Next Level Athletics in Windsor.
1: He's got Croatia winning the World Cup, doesn't he? He's hot to trot about this
2: soccer tournament. We got to invite him on, see what Pixie likes.
1: There you go. He's always been... I see him walking around with a Senegal jersey every once in a while.
0: (laughs) Senegal? Senegal. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A
2: dark horse. Senegal, the dark horse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dark horse. It's a
0: donkey,
1: actually. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> and uh, we had some great questions this week you guys uh, keep them coming if you yeah. have any questions for an upcoming debate send us an email for future considerations at gmail.com
1: thank you so much for listening and uh, we'll catch up with you next time there's always a next time on for future considerations
2: that was a disgraceful performance in my opinion in my opinion that sucked their mentality's awful their attitude's awful it's been their mo for The last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the
1: worst.
0: It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage.
1: You're still here? It's over. Go home.